Today we have Mr. Don Yost talking about his combat experience, his odd experience in the United States Army. And uh, this is really important for you to listen to because you're going to have some thoughts, uh, some very deep thoughts about things that you've seen, things that have happened to you, and what you do, how you deal with them. So here he is. Can you tell us what happened with a, a 105 round that uh, went off and you were a part of this uh, exercise? What, what exactly happened? Uh, well, what happened was they gave me four hours to get out of the field to set up an allotment for my wife. When I got back, the helicopter was coming in and they said, somebody's getting hit. Who is it? Here it was my, my platoon. What happened was they were walking along Mo, my squad leader was point man and they hit a 105 booby trap while I was out of the field and they all got blown away uh, my best friend or one of my good friends Goody got a piece of shrapnel in his heart and Doc who was 18 years old cradled him in his arms I understood later when they told me he's sitting under a tree and uh, Goody died in his arms and he said Doc couldn't go out there anymore. He was, you know, just basically going crazy. So that's what happened when I was out of the field is when they hit it. Now, what happened after that was they're sending me back to the field. When I got back out there, I didn't know anybody because everybody I knew had gotten blown away. And uh, they made me walk point, figuring there were more booby traps out there. And, you know, my job was to step on one, I suppose. I looked back. They were way far behind me, so they wouldn't get hit. I got to where the sergeant told me to stop and I sat down and I vomited. I thought it was because of his physical exertion, but I think it's because of suppressing emotion because I wasn't feeling anything while I was walking. And that night is when we went out on a night ambush and the hand grenade came in and I got hit with the hand grenade. And are you, do you think one of our guys threw the hand grenade or one of their guys or? I have no idea. I, I just have absolutely, you know, you know, in combat, thing, you, you yeah. have no idea what's going on. So mm -hmm. I didn't know where it came from. I was lying on the ground and the thing, you know, landed behind me. So I, and it hit the other guy, a guy next to me too got hit with it. But I don't know where it came from. And uh, so you made the transition from being a, a rifle platoon leader to being a reporter. How exactly did that happen, and uh, how did that change your life in Vietnam? Okay. What, what happened was I was recovering from the wound, and a guy who I had never seen before just walked up to me for some reason and started a conversation, and he said, I understand there's an opening in the public information office for a writer. Why don't you go check it out? And so I sat down, and I wrote a story about Goody, a friend of mine who got killed, in that when the 105 went off and I hobbled into the uh, public information office, gave him the story. I said, I graduated from Seton Hall with a degree in English. Here's my story. I heard you guys got an opening. And he said to me, Are you one of the guys who dropped out of OCS? I said, yeah, I dropped out of OCS. So I went back to the hospital and I was waiting there. And the doctor told me I had to go back to the field. And so I was walking back to the field to go back out there, and, and they were in a firefight every day that, at that time. I'd never make it back. So I got to the helicopter. I stuck my foot on the skid to pull myself aboard, 
and he waved me back and he said, the orders came down from division. You're not going to be a reporter. So I didn't have to go out to the field as a grunt anymore. I was covering it. And so I had clean fatigues. I look like an officer now because I, I had clean fatigues and a 45 on my hip walking around with a clipboard. But uh, that's what I did for the rest of the time I was in Vietnam. Were you involved in any of the controversy over the My Lai incident? Uh, I didn't. I was there two months after it happened. I didn't even know that it happened until I was home watching on television. Mm. I saw Lieutenant Callie walking down the courthouse steps and I saw the American patch on his sleeve. I said, my God, that's where I was. And that's the only time it dawned on me what happened. Now, when we're out in the field, I saw a woman killed out there. Uh, the unit was, we were involved in burning down villages, which I couldn't understand because uh, I don't think Americans did that kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, there was one time after I was out of the field, on, now I wasn't involved, to answer your question, I was not involved in that massacre, but uh, I found out about it later. I didn't know it was, that it had happened. Yeah. Well, that was a major sort of one of the events that really turned the American public against the Vietnam War. There were others, including the fact that it had gone on so long. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we, we certainly all did our, our duty. Now, this book, is, it's just so important. And uh, how do people get a hold of it? Which book are you talking about? Blessings Transforming My Vietnam Experience or Henry? The sequel to Stephen Crane's The Red Badge. Well, actually both, but transforming the your Vietnam yeah. experience. What's the actual title and uh, where do they find it's, it? Yeah, it's Blessings. You can find it online. You'll find both of them online. Yes. Just go on and type in Don Yost Blessings or Henry Blessings and it'll come up. It's uh, you know all over the place on the computer. Yeah. Uh, can I mention one thing that happened when I was a reporter? Yes. On Easter Sunday, 1969, because this was a big deal for me. I get out to the, they wanted to say, it's Easter Sunday. You want to go out to the field and cover a story and what's going on in the field? I said, yeah. They yeah. sent me out with Lou Fedorsky, my, my uh, photographer. We got off the helicopter and there's a priest out there saying mass. And he's got a bunch of uh, ammo cartons piled up as an altar. And he's saying mass and he's playing a recording of Johnny Cash singing, were you there when they crucified my Lord? About 30 feet away, there's a tree. Hanging on the tree is a 12-year-old Vietnam boy. Yeah. A rope over his ankles, across the limb and over his wrist. And he's being interviewed, interrogated by an Arvin. And the Arvin's slamming his body against the tree. Well, Johnny Cash is asking me on Easter Sunday, were you there when they crucified my Lord? The Arvin takes a, a 45 and sticks it in the kid's mouth. The kid's not saying anything. Then he takes a, a Marine K-bar knife and he's going to cut the kid's ear off. Lou Fedorsky's snapping pictures. They yeah. ran over. They said, stop taking the pictures. Mm. Well, Lou got back to me years later. He said, did this really happen? Because I couldn't really believe it happened. And he sent me a picture of it. They never killed the kid, but there was a mass going on there during this on Easter Sunday, like nothing was sacred in Vietnam. Yeah, and, uh, and that's one of the uh, strangest stories that I've heard about the this just the uh, 
the things that war does to you. And if you can imagine the South Vietnamese, uh, they've had so many casualties. And when they get a hold of somebody, they beat them up pretty big. And uh, I'm sure the, hap- the same thing happened in reverse. But uh, just to imagine a religious ceremony, uh, you know, being interrupted by a, a kid who's getting the hell beat out of him. It wasn't uh, even interrupted. The thing was going on during it. I and mean, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, I was raised Catholic. I'm still a devout Catholic. But I'll tell you what, seeing that was like, what are we doing here? You know, what is going on here? And uh, But there's a positive thing that I got out of this. The book is called Blessings and Everything Else. Here's why. One day I went out. I was 18 years later after I'd come out of uh, some counseling at the VA Vet Center. I went out to a Fairmount Park just outside of Philadelphia. I'm sitting there under a tree. And I wasn't thinking about Vietnam that day, but it just came to me. I said, you know, why did you send me to Vietnam? I was always a good kid. Why did this happen? And nothing, I don't hear anything. All of a sudden, a helicopter comes flying over from off the Schuylkill Expressway. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And I got chills up my back. I sat back down on the thing. I said, if this is supposed to mean something, I don't know what it means. And what came to me halfway into the sentence was, feed my sheep. I go back to my office, and I'm shaken by this. I get back to my office. Here I check my day-to-glance calendar, and that night was a meeting of Vietnam Veterans of America in Philadelphia. I told my wife, I got to go to this meeting. I went in there and heard little John, a friend of mine, was (laughs) he was the treasurer of the meeting. He stands up half to me. He points at me, and he says, I know you. Are you Popeye, which was my nickname over there? I said, yeah. He said, welcome home, brother. I came home and I started the Vietnam Veterans of America chapter in Montgomery County in Pennsylvania. It was about 25 years ago now. It's been around, still around. But what I learned from that experience was everybody's got a Vietnam. Everybody deals with alienation, rage, or guilt at some time in their life. And if you're able to survive it, and you're given a choice whether you're surviving or not, but if you're able to survive it, you can relate to everybody else who's ever suffered any of that stuff. And when you can relate, you can have empathy and compassion. And that's what I end up getting out of Vietnam, empathy and compassion. That's why when I read uh, The Red Badge of Courage, and you know, Stephen Crane never got to that point. He didn't say, what did Henry learn from, this, from the experience? And I know what he learned. He probably dealt with PTSD like I did. And so that's why I wrote Henry, because I said, I know the answer to it, and I want to fulfill Stephen Crane's legacy, and that's why I wrote the second book. But it's called Blessings, because I learned you can take the tragedies that happen in your life, you can learn from them, and you can develop empathy and compassion for other people. And I don't care if those other people are homeless, if they're homeless veterans, which is a disgrace as far as I'm concerned, that 45% of homeless people are veterans. I don't understand how that happens. Uh, I don't care if you're a Holocaust survivor, rape victim, whatever. That's your Vietnam. My brother lost a 19-year-old daughter in an automobile accident. That was his Vietnam. So everybody's got one. And we can be there for each other. So that's my message. You know, those are very profound and, and thoughtful ideas that you have there. And I think probably your your Catholic faith was something that was really a good thing for you in Vietnam and recovering from Vietnam. 
because you saw some pretty terrible things there. And uh, just reading your your book is just incredible. I have not quite gotten to the book about the uh, <laughs> the Civil War, but that looks very exciting. And again, the quality of the writing, the use of adjectives and uh, and pronouns and the use of words to draw a picture. I mean, you're really good at that. And uh, I think you're really good at, at, at telling your story and this whole idea that we all have our own Vietnam. We all have something terrible in our lives, most of us anyway, that we have a hard time dealing with. And many times it involves a death or, or you know, a sexual crime or something like that happens to us. And, uh, and uh, words like yours are the words that people need to hear, that uh, you can recover, you're going to get more em empathy, you can become a better person as a result of it. Well, that's, that's why the first book is Blessings, because I got that from my Vietnam experience. As contradictory as that may sound, it taught me empathy and compassion. Do you feel you had survival guilt or post-traumatic uh, stress? Not really. I, I, I feel lucky that I wasn't in the field when I had that 105. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't want to do that to my wife, you know, get killed over there or get maimed or some garbage. Um, I didn't have any uh, survivor guilt about it. Um, I don't know. When I, my father first read the book and he said, when I went to the, the army recruiter, he said, I thought you were a college graduate. How could you have been so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> and he had lost the leg in the, the Second World War. He lost the leg. So I grew up with stump socks and everything else. But we never were able to connect that way over it. I mean, I told him my story, but it was like a different story than his. Uh, I can't understand why it was so different than World War II, but it was. Well, so uh, I, I understand the Army recruiter uh, gave you uh, quite a bit to chew on there. He said, look, you, all you need to do is sign up. You want to become an attorney? We'll send you to the JAG, the JAG office uh, in, in Germany. You can bring your wife. And, uh, you know, you'll have a really good tour and then you'll be ready after three years as an officer and, you know, the greatest army in the world, you'll be able to get into law school and have this great life. And uh, you thought this was, where do I sign? And uh, instead of ending up <laughs> running around with uh, lawyers in uh, Germany, you ran around with uh, uh, combat infantrymen in, in Vietnam. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they made me uh, they made me an assistant machine gunner when I was over there. I had the bullets across my chest. My job was to feed the gun. I mean, that's about the best I got. But yeah. uh, what I found out what was going to happen was that at OCS, the first day we report, this sergeant says to us, you know, if you guys really want to go through this, you'll have no trouble. If you really want to be infantry platoon leaders. I said, wait a minute, sergeant. They told me I was going to be an adjutant general. He says, what, what the hell is that? I said, well, you know, he's, I suppose have a desk job in Germany. He says, and one of the other guys said, Sergeant, what if we drop out right now? Because they were taken in on some stuff too. Sure. He says, not a problem. If you drop out, we give you 30 days to say goodbye, and then we send you to Vietnam. And that's exactly what happened. I got married 18 days before my ass was in a rice paddy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's quite a story. And, uh, we're, I'm looking forward to reading your books and uh, 
we'll, we'll have to keep in touch. And yeah, I'd uh, like to do that, Jen. I, I appreciate you taking the time today. I really appreciate it. I really, I really so learned. Uh, I've really learned a lot from talking to you, and this whole idea about uh, taking trauma and learning from it and helping other people, uh, feeling compassion for them. This is a really good message for people to hear. And uh, we thank you very much, Don. I appreciate it. And, and Jan, I want to I want to thank you for everything you had to do with that Vietnam Memorial. It's something I, I you know, I respect that place. Um, I don't know how, you know, I tell my students, maybe we're not bodies that have spirits in us. Maybe we are spirits that are occupying bodies for a while. Hmm. And I think you had to be inspired to have that wall built. Yeah, and I think it, it might have been you being used as an instrument where you were the instrument, but somehow you got this insight to do that. And I can't thank you enough. Yeah, you've been to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. And what names did you visit? Well, I only knew them by their nicknames. I couldn't find anybody. Yeah. Well, there's a way you can do searches online and you can actually put the day of the incident and, and it'll show the names of, of the people. Yeah, I'll see what I can do with that. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd recognize their names. Yeah, right. Yeah, everybody had this. I remember one, one kid's name was Lefevre. I know he lost a toe in it, but but, uh, but our, our squad, our, well, I was a squad leader, Mo lost both his legs in that. Yeah. They, they really got blown away. Yeah. I served in Vietnam, the guy named Lefebvre, too. Anyway, keep up the good work, keep inspiring people, and keep writing those books. We need more books that are uplifting and uh, insightful, like you're Good. Own. Again, thanks very much. My pleasure.